Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations and to part one of my conversation with Angelic Clarifications, Natasha Venter. Oh my gosh, we talk about so much. It's I'm not even going to bother summarizing it here. We cover a lot of things. She's insightful. She's kind and gentle, and yet she can tell you what's what. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, so I bring forward your guides so you can connect more easily with them, allowing you to have soul-deep conversations with them whenever you want. I'm also an energy healer, past life explorer, a teacher. My goal is to empower you by teaching you these techniques that you can use on your own. We work together to find and identify the blockages to your growth and release them, inviting you to explore your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions, and with Washington opening up, I'll be at many of the in-person events. The best way to contact me is Susie, that's S-U-S-Y, Susie at BlueLightningHealing.com. Visit BlueLightningHealing.com for up-to-date information. Blessings. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and I have today one of my most favorite people in the whole world. And I'm not just saying that because she's over in the other frame, but she is truly a, a, oh golly, a sensitive on all levels, but she is angelic in her communications and and she is a darling, darling friend, and I love her very much. So I want to welcome to my show, Natasha Venter. Hey, Natasha. Hello, and thank you for thinking of me, because I just think of you in such a warm way myself. It's just, you're just so true. You're just true. And I just love your love. I just, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's why we're such a good match. <laughs> I think so. As Oscar Wilde say, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. So it's like, exactly. okay, I can do that. <laughs> me too. I'm, I'm getting myself down pretty good. Cool. So, okay. So for our listening audience, what do you do? Tell me, tell us about you again. That no. is an open-ended you. Let me take that again. <laughs> so that... for my listening audience, tell me about yourself, please. Okay. So as you can tell, when Susie and I get together, we are so ourselves and we trust, we enjoy each other. And we're two people who do a lot of the same work. So with that, that I am, uh, my email is angelic clarifications. I work with the angels. I do clarifications on life. And that means working with past lives, uh, uh, shadow work, you know, inner child work, that inner calling. I've taken people from feeling so much shame in their life to feeling the value of what life is really about working with the shame as a tool. And I do mediumship. I kind of do a little bit of everything. And so with that, that I just, I've been intuitive my whole life. I remember being born and that's not a meditation. That was actually a vision I've had my whole life. Wow. I remember my mom picking me up out of the crib and my head popping back. So I remember being like even an infant not a baby, an infant. I remember more in my first three years of life than I kind of do my whole life. Wow. So with that, that, that this intuitive part of me has been my soul. My soul is the one has led me through my life 
there's been times where I would pick up like a, a something to steal out of the store and I would hear, uh-uh, <laughs> and I put it back down. And I'm like going, why? Well, I found out one of my guides was Peter. He was my friend Peter mm-hmm. my whole life. Turned out he was St. Peter. How can I steal, drink, and do all those things I can when you have your personal guide as St. Peter? You know, it's just, you know, but he was Peter my whole life. He was my friend that would walk with me. I, being an only child, being very dyslexic in my life, I didn't read books. I didn't have the knowledges that other people had when they read books. So I just kind of learned everything by osmosis. And I trusted myself. I think that's why that I walk a little different. There's a lot of people who will quote books, will quote, you know, these different things. And that's not necessarily over my head, but it's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Because I didn't read until after high school. So a lot of these things were my personal work with my soul. You know, that time when I was 14 and, and I was debating, do I really want to be on this planet? And I heard, hell yes, you're staying <laughs> around. And I went, okay, all right, then. I guess I'm staying around. And, you know, I help so many kids who I've actually this last Saturday mentioned to someone, if I would have listened to that 14 year old girl, would I have been here now to help you? Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's I'm where, just beginning my life. Yeah. Inner child work. Really. I've done that with a few clients lately is I love how so many things are coming into play right now. As I learn about shadow work, boom, I've got shadow work to do with somebody. As I learn more about inner child work, bang, that's what's going on. And spirit gives me the, the, um, the nudges to go mm-hmm. that way. When I check in to see what a client needs, we were just talking about that, how our gifts open as they are, are they, as they need to come into play. Now, your website is angelicclarifications.com. So yes. that I could infer from that, that you work a lot with the angels. How does that play out for you? The angels are just, well, how do I put this? That I work so much with my team. They're just part of me. I, I can't tell, you know, it's like, I, I get messages and it's like, do I spend the time to ask them who it is? No, but I can tell when it's like the heaviness of Michael compared to the lighter healing work of, of Raphael or so your team, Gabriel, is your work, spirit team, your spirit, my spirit team. team. Okay. Okay. I work a lot with Archangel Azrael. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, it's, he's not the gloomy, oh, oh, scary guy. He's very healing and he just seems to be to be a lot more, a lot quieter than say Michael. Mm -hmm. Michael's pretty rambunctious with me. Yes. Yes. Well, Michael is, is, you know, he's the cowboy boots, you know, you know, I always, I always tell people, did you ever see the movie Michael that John Travolta did? Yeah. That is Michael 100. He channeled Michael so many freaking times in that movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But Archangel Azarel is actually the angel of time. He's the one oh. that said, I will hold time. I will help people transition through their transitions. Mm-hmm. I will, that could be changing jobs or that could be leaving this planet to go to another planet. Oh. Oh, or one dimension to another dimension or this physical body into spirit realm. It's one of those things that as, as we work, He's one of those that just is 
oh, he's a very handsome angel, but he's actually in the, he's more in the feeling of like um, Metatron, Celestial. He's not like denser, <laughs> like Michael. <laughs> I'm getting kind of a snarkiness. I know, I, I know. That. I'm getting that too. He's like, where they're going, dense. <laughs> <laughs> dense, like, and, and not knowing. It's just that, Michael, you can be down here on the planet differently than your brother Azrael. Azrael's more, you know, he's more spiritish. Ethereal? I can't, I don't, that word. Ethereal? Not, ethereal, thank you. Okay. Uh, that, that, that ethereal, the more he's, he's able to be around. He works through drama traumas. And there's been times where it's like, Azrael, I really need your time balancing here. And he's helped me with that. You know, it's like, I know it was my fault for starting late, but can, we just, can you just help me? And he doesn't do it because it helps me. He does it because it's the universal timing. Yeah. I, I can feel he puts me into more of the universal timing than it is about the physical time. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, Michael being the master distractor that he is, he's like over there going, yeah, let's watch her dig her way out of this one. Um, <laughs> And I did a damn good job. You did. I? You did a brilliant job. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Asriel, um, uh, talking about the different angels, there is a book that I've read that I have. And oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I don't know. I forgot the author's name, but it's called Michael's, Asriel Loves Chocolate. Michael's a jock. Asriel likes, loves chocolate. And what she has done, uh, Shen, I know, Shen, C-H-A-N is the first letters of her name but what she does is that she channels them in a format in which she goes into the different mansions of the angels so she shows you what their space is and it i do believe it really shifted a whole lot for me about the different angels and and gave them different personalities mm -hmm. but i understand that angels resonate for in different ways with each person, not every angel is going to resonate exactly the same way, just like our energy embodies in different ways with each of us. It, and that's it. And, and as if I look into my soul and understanding, I have an understanding that our soul is part of, you know, the lifetimes that we've lived. Mm -hmm. So I have the, I have the remembrance of being plucked from source to become me. Oh. And in that plucking of, of who I am, that part of my continuous lifetimes on different planets, being star people, being, you know, I remember the earth being made. So it's like, there's these, there's these parts of my soul that have been around forever, but dyslexicness tendencies have been a signature for me. Oh, okay. I have an understanding that there's part of us that have been, and we weren't really going to talk about this, but, but there's a part of us that, that, you know, each lifetime is a signature. We may use, like for me, there's times where my dyslexia might be more just a whisper that it's just things don't necessarily collect like everybody else, but I can still be a wizard at, at knowing things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, where like this lifetime, it was very much a focus of of taking books away from me. So I would have to learn my own learnings. Okay. 
So there's different levels when that happens. Just like for me, my soul is, you know, like us in our human form, we're, we're sometimes European, South African, and, you know, and a little bit Australian, you know, is in our DNA. Well, that's like our soul. So my soul is primarily angel. Okay. And then I have, you know, the, the salt and pepper of, of star being and, and fairy, fae, you know, the elementals. So with that, the, the, with me being angel, they call me sister. They, 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 they really work with me knowing that it's, we're just, it's like when you walk into a family, you know, a family reunion and everybody's just doing things that you just know, you know, you just know that your sister doesn't want to do that, you know, or your sister knows that, or your brother knows that, you, you know, that you can push this button to get them moving. You know, it's like, that's how I'm with the angels. Okay. I just, I just interact with them. They just they fall into place wherever I need them and, and they're here now. Yes. In this lifetime, I've kind of gotten, okay. Yeah. Who's talking to me now. And you know, when I have time to do that, but when I'm having to be on and in the moment, it's just whoever it is that's that's giving me the message. Yeah. It's who you've developed a deep level of trust with the angels. You know, they're not going to steer you wrong. What good would that do is to have, some sort of impish angel who was going to mess with you, but being developing a trust with your guides that it does allow for a shorthand. You can just, I trust that this is the energy that's coming through. Mm -hmm. I know lots of folks starting out, they don't know, and they're, they're open to everything that comes at them. I've I've encountered a lot of newbies are like, no, no, bring it all on. It's like, man, you may not really want to, because what no. if you're bringing in this sort of stuff and that sort of stuff in this oil and water kind of combination, you get to learn discernment. I think that's a basic skill for any uh, spiritually aware individual may want to develop or to, yeah, that's a skill to develop is to be able to discern. Did you ever feel exactly. like you had to do that or have you always had this level of trust in this? Life? Actually, I did it this morning. <laughs> So the, the, I had last night, I had a guide who came in, actually messed with my internet because he's a star guide. He's one of my brothers. He says, I, I've lived with him many lifetimes. So I know him yet. My heart's starting to pound because it's like, he's really, he's been, he's been bugging me like a brother would bug somebody, you know, come on, let's get together. Let's do this. Let's do But what I did was, is that I have an understanding that I have a personal gatekeeper and he's an ancient. When I look at him, I can't tell you what he looks like because there's no describing him. Yeah. He's just, he's ancient. He's an ancient being who has been with me for many, 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 many lifetimes. And and more. And so I asked him to be my gatekeeper. Cause, and then I asked Michael to help me out. And then I also asked, uh, who else did I ask this morning? Ooh, see, I was really in the ethers this morning. So (laughs) I knew that I needed to ask. It was either Raphael or mother Mary. So it was, you had, I think it was mother Mary actually, um, that they know. So I asked my team members, 
to know that, okay, this summer I'm wide open. And I know that I am wanting to, to collect and, and be who I'm to be this summer. I'm finally in alignment. That's the key word is I'm finally in alignment with my life to move forward. And so I've been putting this off for a little while because of my life. Now I have the time that the doors open up. So I made the disclosure, you guys, I know that I trusted who came in yesterday at the same time though, please protect me because I know someone can slip in on the backside of somebody else. And you know, right now that's not going to work for me. So can you please be my extra alignment for protection? I did a mediumship last night for someone's birthday and that being that soul got a little too close. Oh, I don't channel loved ones. I don't channel mediumships. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Channeling dead people? No. I did that no. once. Freaked me out. Freaked the client out. I never saw the client again. So, yeah, I keep, I, I keep the people. No, no, no. Well, and they're, they, don't have, they don't have discernment. Yeah. I'll channel angels. I'll yep. channel fairies. Yep. I've actually channeled my internal fairy, my own fairy. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'll channel them. I will not, I, I'll, I'll listen to, I'll, I'll let them be here like as close as my shoulder, but yet at the same time though, not in here, but this one got a little close because I know that I'm open. And so there again, gatekeeper, you know, my team members, Azrael, whoever can help me, Samity Baron, you know, whoever can help me, please help me align with who's coming in and discern who shouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that people don't realize is you can ask for that. Hey, I know I'm busy. You got to do it for me, please. I I totally agree with that delegation of, of that because you're, it's not empowering the guides, but you're trusting the guides to take it. Um, And I just, I take it for granted that my guides are going to be there. So does that mean I don't thank them whenever I get a chance? No, I'm, you know, something great happens and I say, thank you, or something happens in alignment and I can see their hand in it. So I'm like, you guys are slick. Thank you very much. Y'all are great. Yeah. So I will toss that out. Um, but re- I don't, you do things again and again, you ask for that protection. You ask for the ball, the bucky ball, or whatever you want to put in place to, to have your gatekeepers active. Yeah, I I think that's very important. Oh, it was dragon. It was it was my dragon. It was my elder. See, yeah, I know you got dragon. (laughs) No, I know you got dragon because my dragon's over there just going. Give her time. She'll she'll figure it out. (laughs) Give her time. (laughs) I was really in the ethers this morning, so I wasn't quite in my body to remember all that I was doing. I'm I'm really integrating a lot that has happened in me for the last three months, and and I'm getting the quick course of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's but, what life's about right now is that we're getting on the fast track for our intuitiveness, our our feelings, our emotions and all these things coming in. Yeah. And it's amazing how if we just align with it, we can actually navigate it pretty well. Well, we spend a lot of time second guessing our decisions. 
you know, talking about going back in person to these in-person events and I'm going through, well, you know, there's a whole lot I could go to. I've got some open invitations there and there. I just need to, you know, sign up and do that. It's, but it's also me looking at what am I willing to do? How much added workload am I willing to put on me? Because, you know, I want to get these, these podcasts up and running because they're not real. You know, I would love to be to able to trust that I could do a live that goes up where I want it to, which means, oh yeah, I need to spend some time researching all that. So I want to have all this stuff in place so that I can cruise around for a month or two, going to my new events and, and meeting new people and, and developing great relationships and stuff like that. But it's also that discernment of where do I need to be? Where am I going to be in alignment? Where am I going to do the most good? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and also how much, how much other people energy can I, can I stand? Cause I'm going to do ocean <laughs> shores and I've already told there's a woman riding with me. She's going to share a room with me. And I told her after these events, I just grab dinner and I fall on the bed. I'm not going to be useful. If you want to go and do stuff here are my keys, I don't care. I'm just going to, I need mm-hmm. to depeopleize for a bit. So remember though, that your team could be your battery. Yeah. There is still that point though, where it's like, I've had so many people around me. I want to draw all these people to me so I can help them and do the stuff that I just want to go <laughs> and sit in my room and watch TV or whatever, have that sort of quiet time. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's learning to be a, a a public person again being out there in public it's I went to the grocery store yesterday and I was just like I have to do this I don't have the safety net of my husband walking with me so I have somebody to talk to because I tend to just talk I'll talk to the ethers I'll talk to the product on the shelf or whatever I'll talk to the produce and and there are people who just walk right by (laughs) they just don't want to talk to that woman talking to the apples no thank you and that's okay so trying to get back into that place of not pretending to be normal so much but (laughs) melding and just recalibrating we keep using the word recalibrating recalibrating with with what the world is again Mm -hmm. well that's where i use the mantra i'm aligning to the energies of the now with grace uh, and ease uh uh-huh and then I'll add on sometimes like Father Sky, Mother Earth, you know, balance me so that I can be, let me, let me be in the tube of your energy so that I can be the greater miss of me. You know, there's these, these dances that I say, but usually it's let me align with the energies of the now. And that's going into that's sometimes when I'm driving to school and I know that I'm not in the vibrate. I actually work as a paraeducator in an elementary school. And so sometimes I'm not in alignment with dealing with kids for that day because I've been in the spirit world all night. But at the same time, though, I'm meant to be there. That's my day job that's now shifting, but it's my day job. So with that, that it's like sometimes you have to kind of align with the energies of that. Or like for me, I, sorry, there's, there's a people that I kind of weren't in alignment with. Yeah. And I said, let me align with their energies. So at least we can be cohesive together. 
co-working co together so that I can be within their, their field and they can be within my field so we're not so agitated, you know, that there's that flow. Okay, because I was going to ask that I was going to delve deeper into the energies of the now, but with your explanation um, of working with your your coworkers, that what was presented to me as one of those Venn diagrams. So you've got this circle, which is Natasha. You have the circle of these other people, and this is where they come together. And that middle mm -hmm. part is where everything's in alignment. So there we just answered the question without me interrupting, but I answered it and explained it anyway. So that yes. I get. I understand that. I like that to, to align with the energies of the now. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah, these, these mantras that come up, that people come up with, I, I work and do tend to stress out over the language, the, the verbs that I, the, the language that I use, because I want to make it all encompassing. And for me, as I've said on previous podcasts, using the phrase, whatever's in divine alignment, mm -hmm. I think alignment. That's why, I, yeah, that's why I always start out with, let me align to the energies of the now. Yeah. And then whatever else I put on depends on what the moment is. <laughs> That's a bonus. Cool. Yeah. It's that, you know, hey, I'm walking into a fair. Let me align to the energies of the now so that I can be in the union of, of all the energies and yet keep mine pleasantly happy. You know, yeah. it just depends on what needs to come up. It's I'm, I, I, the only falter that I try to do with anything that I say is keep it in the positive. I am, yeah. I will, I am in alignment uh, instead of I am not. Right. That, that kind of den, den, denton, deadens the energy. It's that I, I am done with instead of I am not. I'll say yeah. I'm done. I am oh. done with this moment. Oh, I like that. I, a friend of mine, Sandy McNaughton, she is, she crafts these languages. And when she, she's a life coach and talks about how you state your intention with the, I am, I yeah. have, this is what it is. She's like, this is what you have right now. Even though that's your goal, you say, I have all that I need to be in a mm -hmm. divine alignment or to be in material alignment, blah, 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 whatever. I have it right now. And you state it in the present tense. Mm -hmm. But just I do that with my full moon, like, like every two weeks we come into a full moon, we come into a new moon. I am done with, I am accepting and receiving, blah, da, 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 da. so whatever I'm done with, I'm okay. receiving the opposite. Okay. You I know, like that. And That's a very key phrase. I am done with, and that indicates a very definite end time, that deadline. Mm -hmm. I know that hand cutting into the palm of the other one, bang. I'm done yep, with that. I am done. I am done with that attitude from my ex-husband. <laughs> I am receiving clear communication with him. So whatever you're done with, you have to fill it with something else. Yes. Because it's not necessarily that we can... Re I have this understanding that we, we can't just let things go off into the ethers. It has to be transformed. Because space is space. It's always going to be space. What are you going to do it? But you can't, you know, if you don't like what it is, you can be done with it. But what are you going to transform it into? Yes. Yeah. What are you going to move it into? It's that transformation. Butterflies, you know, some of them don't make it through the cocooning, but yet most of them do. And you have to go through that transformation of, 
know, the caterpillar to the chrysalis to the butterfly. But it's still the same thing. It just transformed into what it needed to be. Yeah, it's it's um, a topic that when you like recently, everybody went through this whole let's declutter. And it's easy to let go of stuff. Sometimes it's it's sometimes easier just to let go of stuff. But then it's taking that extra step. You can put it in in like a a builder's term. You're like you're sitting in rebar or something and you dig out a whole bunch of ground and you leave this space that you can put in, you know, say along one side of it, there's rebar and some cement blocks there. But if you don't fill in behind it, then things are going to crumble and crack down. What do you want to have put in there? So when you release something, yes, you need to fill it in or transform with something else to take that space up because otherwise you leave it empty and then anything can come swooping in. Exactly. So like when I'm doing a house clearing, cause I, I do house clearings for people and I will clear the house and then I'll walk back through with love. Yes. And that's where I use my angel wings and let that just float through, you know, and I'll ask the angels to support me too, but it's kind of like us as a team (laughs) going through. That's, that's where I feel like I'm not afraid of working with dense energies. Like I did a house clearing where she in the middle of the room had, he was dark, he was dark and he was not from a good place. Yeah, I understand that the you know the the definition of devil or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the politics. He was just dark and heavy and negative, and I know that that the angels and the guardians of the house helped me, but also me being who I was, he didn't fight me. I mean, he he tried to say no, but he knew because me being in my angel form. It's kind of like the angels trying to conversate with Mother Mary. It's like, no, she's mom. You don't buck. You don't buck mom. <laughs> you don't talk back to mom. No, you don't you talk don't. back to mom. And <clears throat> and being, you know, being the angel that I am, I use that to my advantage. Well, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It's important to fill in. Um, we, I had a, I, let's see. In June, I had an episode go up where I'm talking to Nicole Chisholm and one of her wheelhouses is smudging. And she talks about house clearings and how you set an intention to clear the house and and whether it's using a smoke cleanse or um, I did meditations on an energetic cleanse, but then you've got to bring in that other stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. what those meditations were. So there's more examples, kids, about this is what you need to do. Don't clear recklessly. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Because I know a lot of people do like, um, you know, they'll they'll clear with some sort of smudge and then they'll bring in um, in uh, sweet grass, you know, mm-hmm. to bring it in. Sometimes I find, though, when I am working, taking out a very dark being, a very negative being mm-hmm. that bringing in something like sweet grass it's too soon. Okay. It's too soon. And so that's where I feel me standing in the middle of the room and filling that room with love. Yeah. It's love is one of the purest. It's like fire. Yeah. It's one of the purest things when you use it in its purity, 
it can it can transform a space like no tomorrow it's Whether you call there's it. nothing there's nothing that can i've seen a, People just say sometimes, Natasha, you haven't walked down to our end of the school lately, have you? I go, oh, I guess I haven't. Because they just know, even if I haven't walked in their room, Uh that I have. Yeah. And And that's not an ego. That's, that's people talking to me. It's, it's that it's love. It's love and it's purity. Yeah. And I know I wouldn't say that I'm always there because I'm human. Yeah. But when I'm there, you know it. And whether you call it love, source, golden white healing light, or, you know, universal, whatever, it's, it's that I think is the key is calling in something after you've cleared it out. So you are filling in or transforming or whatever, because you don't want to leave a void in there. No. And I do that with people. Yeah when I'm doing sessions with someone, I will be love. I won't put the love on them because that's not my response, but I'll be love so that at least it fills in the room around them and they can absorb what they want. Yeah. Because I'm not responsible for what they want to do, but I'm responsible for at least putting healing energy out there so that when they're transformed, they can leave the space and and be who they want to be with that space. Okay kind of like psychic hygiene there you don't want to you don't want to leave the place dirtier than when you got there you want to leave it better exactly exactly and there again though i only put it available for people to take right because i cannot be the one who pushes something on someone like i always start out a session remember your truth is your truth but this is something that maybe you can put on your back pocket it's kind of like updating a computer you know, sometimes we have to get used to it. So put the, put what I say in, you know, in your back pocket and wear it around a little bit. You might find that you actually kind of get it. Oh yeah. That's what she was meaning when that happened or, oh yeah, that's what's that happening. <laughs> See, I, that's the great thing to think about. Cause I'll say this, whatever we do in our session, you can do on your own. I give you these tools for you to use when you need them. So I mm-hmm. guess I want to, I want to believe that's the same thing. <laughs> I just know that that the work that I do really is digging into the truths. Yeah. And there's the truth and then there's a truth. Okay. The truths are what people personally believe, you know? Like the truth I have is is that yes there's aliens. Now if somebody else will say their truth is is no there's no aliens you know and that's well actually i flipped that around sorry dyslexic so a truth is that the truth is love okay so a truth would be about something physical or specific like aliens versus no aliens that's a religion not religious okay a man a man-made construct a man-made construct, somebody else's truth. There's some of us that are carrying around our parents' belief systems and they're not ours, but yet yeah. they're a truth because that's what I remember, you know? Yeah. But the truth with a capital T-H-G is love. Yeah. And it's not a mom's love. No. It's not, it's not a, um, 
the one that I can really attest it to would be sometimes the animal's love. Oh, okay. Puppy dog uh, love. Yeah. Mother Mary in her spirit form is love. Yeah. When you see, when the sun sparkles through the trees, that is love. When the universe sends you an, a rainbow, that is the love. There's, there's just this magicalness that happens. And it's, it's a greater, it's that when a baby first comes out of the womb and there's, you just feel this love through the room. That's the love. Okay. You know, and they, and I, I can't even put the, that's even minimalizing it. What I've just talked to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's beyond millions of, of miles that yet at the same time, though, those are those things that I can put it in some kind of form for us humans. It would be like, for me, it would manifest like in these images we get from the universe. You know, you get to see all of the complexity of the universe, even though we're here on our itty bitty planet in our itty bitty solar system. But then to get these images of binary stars and the uh, and and even that would be the macrocosm, but even going down to the microcosm and looking at the quarks and the and how an, an atom is set up and how many different forms of that there are. Mm -hmm. That is is another aspect of love is to see the time and the thought like a great big you know mythic grandmother going here i made you a nice atom have it here's a lovely nice galaxy <laughs> here it's for you i made it just for you to look at it looks so good on you it's just your color you know that sort of thing <laughs> yep exactly exactly yeah, yeah we i when i've stepped over into the other realms of like where my dad is and you know that kind of thing it, it's just oh, it, it it recharges the battery in no time yeah you know and then i come back then i come back my tether my tether the soul tether from my body to the spirit realm is pretty long <laughs> sometimes i have to i have to pull it down and and get myself closer to me see i i'm sure i do a lot of work in dream time but i don't remember it and that's probably i mean that's the same concept i use when i am channeling i get so far out of the way because i don't want to interrupt the flow and more than once guides have looked over to the corner and said susie you need to sit stay good girl and because otherwise i'm going to jump in and i want to like look around and see it's like no this isn't you're being a vehicle to help somebody else heal. Whether you remember it or not, we will give you the information you need to remember, but you just mm -hmm. need to stay away over there. And so I get a nice nap, <laughs> pretty much. And then in, in dream time, I, yeah, now they're saying, yeah, we've been taking you on your interdimensional travel and, and shifting. And it's like, okay, cool. It's that trust I have for my guides. I don't feel like they're going to, take me into the nine circles of hell because you know i've been to at least seven of them and <laughs> yeah i know not a for pleasure me, destination at all <laughs> no it's not it's not i know for me though that i've had some friends 
from the star beings that were hijacking me, actually. Oh. They would know that I would want to go do love work, healing work, uh, and that kind of thing. And they weren't always doing it with the betterness of me in this physical body. Oh. So I would be waking up really tired because, and I would say yes to this, yet at the same time, it was a yes without discernment. Oh, okay. And if people have, a, to, to clarify when we use the word discernment, okay. discernment in the language is deciding if something should be done to our better or not. So like for me, I'll discern when I get a message from a loved one and I'm looking over somebody in the grocery store and I say, okay. And I check their energy. Yeah. They're not going to listen to me. So I discerned, should I go over and say, Hey, your uncle from who's passed would really want you to know that. Da, 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 da. But I discerned it that nah, not attuned to that at all. I can tell in their energy field, you know? Yeah. And so I'll walk up and say, you know what? I just got the feeling that you just needed to hear someone loves you. Oh, okay. And then they go, oh, and so I've discerned how much of my message should I give? I've given the message, yeah. but I discerned how to present it. I've yeah. also done that with me. I've discerned, you know, mind, you're running amok right now. I don't need to hear you. Go take a seat, you know? And so I've discerned sometimes what I'm self-telling myself, okay. you know? You know, we need a break here. We need a break. So discerning for yourself, what should you say? Discerning for others, what should we say? And so I want to make that clear because if you're going to be doing any intuitive work, that word right there is one of the most important words. Is discernment. Yeah. Is discernment. Yeah. Is I'm, discernment. I'm really glad you used that segue because if you're beginning to get into this work, because I was just thinking... How does one start to work with energies, with the angels specifically, since that, that is, those are your, that's your gang, <laughs> gang, your posse. I don't know. Because I know you work with the angels and you label them differently. I just, yeah. I just feel like they're just part of my, you know, it's like, if I look back, it's like, yeah, well, you've got eons and generations of angels going back there and, and yeah, my guides, I, I like that I have this extensive and inclusive group of guides. You know, I've got my dragons, I've got my angels, I've got my, my deities and, you know, whatever needs to come in. I've got my intergalactics and the interdimensionals and I've got everybody coming in who needs to come in. I am grateful to them that they will consolidate, say, my Shungite dragon. I got all my dragon stuff in there. I, you saw my, my skulls lining mm -hmm. my thing. It's like, I'm, I'm getting better at just listening to one at a time. So I'll, during an event, I'll go, oh, I have a stone for that. And I'll go <laughs> frantically searching my desk and the drawer next to it. And then my pile, you know, um, and pull out a stone that's relevant. So I'm able to discern what's going to be most helpful. There's a lot mm -hmm. of times there's chatter that goes on in one's brain. And I get that when one is doing say some sort of event, online event, a lot of energy travels around. So I take the time to focus on what I'm feeling for that client to tune in. But it's not like we're the Long Island Matt um Long Island Long Island medium who just goes racing in. 
oh, I, I, I got to tell you something. It's like, who are you and why are you looking at me like She's that? She's New Yorkan. <laughs> yeah. She's just like all in, somebody's chilly about it. But taking that time to, to ask the questions, for me, that's a big chunk of discernment is asking questions. Mm -hmm. Whose energy is this? Is it mine? Is it useful to me? What do I need to do with it? I find that's a big chunk of discernment is taking a moment instead of just impulsively acting on it, but taking a moment to tune into it and ask questions. I find that makes for very effective sessions is when I ask somebody, what do you want to work on? What do you see? And then we discern it from there. Um, and, and as far as somebody just entering into this wonderful world, world of different realms, um, your focus, your, your concentration has been on angels. Is there anyone like a primer about angels that you want to, to share with us? Like which angels to work with, or how do you start? How does one start to work with angels? I find that working with them, it's just knowing that we're not alone. There's so many times when I am working with someone and I'll see an angel sitting up in the corner going, yeah, they haven't asked me to come. Oh, that's crucial to, to explain. They haven't asked. You need to ask they for the help. They haven't asked. Please help me. I'm, I'm feeling quite alone. I just need support in my life. And ask. I just need someone just to, to help me get myself together. Help me organize whatever it is. And many times that's when they'll feel like a swoosh yeah. of energy, maybe. Yeah. You know, or they'll just feel all of a sudden motivated. Or they'll feel like things are falling together. You know, they're noticing their synchronicities in their life. But that is the thing is, is that you know, we got to open up the door and say, I'm here. Can someone help me? You've got to ask. That's crucial because as I explained to clients, guys aren't going to swoop in like a Superman with the cape flapping. You know, they're like, no, we can't come in and, and help you without your permission, mm -hmm. consent. And that's a common thread through a lot of these interviews I've, I've done. It's you've got to ask for the help and asking for help is not a show of weakness. Oh no. That's the, that's the thing that I tell people. Vulnerability is one of the strongest muscles we can have. Yeah. Vulnerability is one of the strongest muscles we can. People take vulnerability as a weakness. Oh no, the more yeah. vulnerable you are, the more you can interact with the things around you and it becomes a strength. I think that's why I've been so interactive with my angels. And yeah, sometimes people have to say, you know, like when I went to Doreen Virtue's angel therapy practitioner, someone said, you know, there's angel Chamarell who's here to help you. And I'm like going, oh, because I felt like there was something there, but did I really label it? But that was when I was opening the door to do this work. Mm -hmm. I've always been intuitive and people always said I should become a counselor, but yet doing the work and making it to where I was a counselor <laughs> being, well, I'm not legally a counselor. I, a life coach, Yeah, you know, uh, that, you know, doing the work that I do, that it was about accepting those moments being in those moments and, and accepting what is, it's just amazing to navigate that. Yeah. 
And so with that trusting or the, the thing is about it is asking now I'm going to set this clear angels and your guides will help. Even if you don't ask, that's kind of like, you know, the people who say, you know, I saw somebody when I was in a car wreck and I didn't get as much damage because I, I, I just knew something protected me. Okay. You know, there's things that happen that are out of asking. I mean, how can you ask when you're in an accident, you know, when you're going into an accident and everything's happening like a, a snap of a finger, Okay. you know, they will come in and help you yet at the same time when it's a personal journey of life lessons and experiences. I hate that word life lessons. I'm into experiences, life experiences to help us be us. We can ask for the help of the angels to make it more graceful, Okay. to make it more um, in alignment. And once we open that door, we don't really have to ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. It's kind of like the disclosure. You asked once, yeah, I got us. You know, it's that moment. And then the second thing is to trust. Yeah. To trust. And this is the thing that whenever I'm writing a new contract, writing a new wish, asking for things, I would like it as soon as possible in human time and in spiritual time, please. Two different timelines. Oh, yeah. Divine timing (laughs) and human timing. So different. So different. And there's something... Human timing is that leg jiggle, you know, it's like, when's it going to happen? Come on, come on, come on. And it shakes the whole bleacher section and divine timing just sits there. And okay, whenever we have to wait for this person to leave their job, we have to wait for this scenario to happen. We have to, and then, then we have to wait for you to do your personal work. And then it kind of happens. And then it will flow together so easily. People go, oh, that works so easily. I can understand being impatient and wanting it to happen because of that human construct. And those are the clients I find who have a more difficulty, we'll say, more difficulty accepting divine (laughs) alignment. But Mm -hmm. once it's explained to them, a lot of times they're like, oh, oh, okay. I get Mm -hmm. it. I get it. Mm I, I want to take a couple of steps back. You're talking about vulnerability and how strong yes. it makes you. I feel that when one opens up to either ask for help or to be open to healing, I mean, that opens so much that vulnerability, you know, it's not weak. It's a very, it's empowering, I think, mm-hmm. is to be able to show yourself not at your best because we all work on that facade. There have been times where, you know, oh, keep on a happy face, even though behind the face is torment or some sort of bad day, or maybe your shoes just hurt. It's, it's being able to show what your experience is because you never know if your experience is going to be a catalyst for somebody else or give another person permission to be vulnerable or to express, you you know, those, there are those moments when somebody says, yeah, this is what's going on. And it doesn't, it's not good for me. And other people are going, yeah, yeah, that is not okay. Yeah. And it, and it's a catalyst for healing on everybody's part. Has that been your experience? Oh, totally, totally. And, and I can tell you that the thing that taught me about vulnerability was grief. Oh, when I walked through the grief process, it took my persona off that I was something and I just had to basically be, you know, because grief makes you feel like you're a wrung out wash rag that you're thrown against the, and you're old. I mean, it's like the old, you know, the old one with the holes in it thin, you know, and it's rung up, thrown against the wall. You're put back, you've 
if they stretch you back out, scrunch you back up again and throw you against the wall again. That's what grief feels like. And you don't have your, you don't have in front of you what your normal person is. So sometimes that's people's persona. You know, that's what your mom made you, your dad made you, your friends made you, whatever it is. Whoa, getting dizzy. Downloads. Um, <laughs> that as we're walking through life, that grief takes that persona off. Yeah. And you learn how to be vulnerable. Now, if you can continue that process, because I know a lot of us in this world right now are walking through grief. And I want to clarify, not being able to go to the grocery store when you want to is a form of grief. It doesn't have to be the extreme of always losing someone. It's that shift. And mm-hmm. in, in even if your, your, your routine changes in some way and you've got to re, recalibrate is a big word during this conversation. Yes. You've got to rebalance and, and make other, you need to shift. Shift is exactly. not always straight and narrow. It's not always here. I can walk on this foot and that foot and that foot. Sometimes you're a little bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you rebalance and you're back on the way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So those, I'm going to call them life-altering experiences. Okay. Losing a job, losing a pet. It, it's basically the, the shift of reality as we know it. Yeah. That that is a form of creating grief in us. And then that knocks us off our feet, which knocks us off our persona, which then knocks us into vulnerability. And not everybody's comfortable with that moment. Right. But if we can step into that moment and just say, you know what? I just can't do it today. Yeah. I can do maybe half of it tomorrow, but today I can't. Yeah. And walking into that vulnerability. Like after my dad passed away, then three years later, my mom passed away. And then three years later, my uncle passed away. And I was an only child and the grandchild on that side. So I was caretaker for all of them. But in that moment, when I asked my father-in-law, I don't know how to be a wife. How am I to be a mom? I don't know. That vulnerability started off me being me. Yeah. Because I had to reconstruct who I was in a way. Still my core self, still nice, still Natasha, still. But yet, like my husband says, you're not the same woman I married. Because I wasn't the shy and quiet person anymore who wasn't willing to speak. I was going to be Natasha who was vulnerable enough to say I have a voice. You're still your core self. I think that's really crucial. Everything that is on top of who we are at our heart, they're layers or facades. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, here's another mask that I've been able to take off as I step out as my psychic true self as that spiritual self. Look, there's that, there's that. And that's that vulnerability. That's word of vulnerability is we're taking off those masks. Yeah. We're taking off those personas and we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And, and as a result, I find that as, as I remove that mask or that facade, yeah, I'm being more of who I am. And I find that I'm stronger, whether you, they're showing me images of, as you take off layers, say of a blanket or a fabric, And that light shines even stronger. There's less, fewer layers for the light to get through. So that inner self is shining through. To to think that it's got to be like we wind up on as goo on the floor and then we become our truer self. I I think that's kind of extreme. That doesn't happen to everybody. And I honor all those folks who go through that complete and utter stripped down deconstruction. I've chosen to do it a different way. It's Mm -hmm. 
you know, sometimes. Now, I, I can say that actually I was metaphorically on the floor. There was times when I was taking care of my mom that I told, you know, God, and I, that's the terminology I use, God, if you put my feet on the floor, I'll do my day, but you got to put my feet on the floor. Well, halfway through the day, I went, oh, crap. You put my feet on the floor and I don't remember what I did the first part of this day, but actually I kind of did, didn't I? And so with that, that, but that was that being vulnerable. I I cannot take care of my kids, my alcoholic husband. We just moved into this house. I sold my mom's house, sold another house. My husband changed jobs and my mom had Lou Gehrig's disease. I just couldn't do it. And yet being vulnerable gave me the strength to survive it. When when somebody is that vulnerable, there are so many layers of whether it's societal expectations, personal expectations, family expectations, the weight of those expectations of how, oh, my least favorite word in the world is should, how things should be, mm-hmm. that falls away. And so that opens you up to see how it can be, how you can time, make it yeah. to be. Exactly. And and a lot of the times it's that persona that we started when we were kids and we had to do that to survive in school. We had to survive that to survive or be that yeah. to survive home. And, and we shed that. I know for me, that was a lot of my shyness was to protect me from the energies. Yeah. Because I was so vulnerable to the energies. Yeah. Like my, my family says, Natasha, I know we come from an intuitive family, but you're different. <laughs> You're just different. You're even and so, more different. They, they, and they would say, you know, you didn't say much when you're a kid, but every time you said something, we stopped because there was something in it that we had to listen to, you know, because there was just this part. But yet at the same time, though, the vibrations were so challenging for me that I carried that through into my adulthood. And that's where the universe said, you know, girl, you can't be that person anymore. No, it's time to change. I it's need- time to change. 